Okay, I've got the future's bright, the future's fascist. Ooh, I've got only the Orkney. Hello there, welcome to Date Fighter. It's the podcast where we take great moments that occurred on this very day only in years gone by and we slam them up against each other really hard. Yes, he's Jake Yap, I'm Nat Tapley and together we have taken two of the kestrels of history and are using them to hunt a mouse across the field of entertainment. Nice, that was one of your best. You see, I think move away from the amphibians. Okay, I'm going to birds of prey now. Kestrels and mice are more relatable. (laughs) Maybe for you. Some of us feel like amphibians every morning. Uh, oh, look, he's shedding. Look, go on. <laughs> Interestingly, and the house were at the moment, there were two toads mating on the doorstep last night, and they would not move. Round one! Anyway, uh, well, oh, let's do round one. Um, yes. <laughs> I was busy thinking about those toads. <laughs> no, they were very, very intent. I, to be honest, where I lived in South East London a few years ago, I had that, only it wasn't toads. <laughs> Did you throw a bucket of water? No, in I just sprinkled some slugs up the path and they followed them. Okay. Um, it's the 20th, though, to 2020. That's all twos and all zeros. It might mean something, probably doesn't. So I'm going to take us to the 20th of February, 1472. Uh, from the 8th to the 15th century, the Scots and the Norwegians had each ruled bits of the islands around Scotland. So Orkney, Shetland, the Hebrides, the islands in the Firth of Clyde, yeah. uh, and the mainland. Yeah. Caithness and Sutherland, that yeah. was ruled by Norwegians. But then what happened? Well, in the 15th century, Scotland was renting the Western Isles from Norway. That's right. Uh, and they got behind on the rent. Yeah. Uh, but and then it was like cash converters. Yeah. <laughs> so Christian of Denmark... Uh, said, please, will you pay me what you owe me? And James II of Scotland said, no, and we won't give the islands back either. And they were going to have a fight. But then they agreed that what would happen is that uh, Christian of Denmark would marry his daughter to James II's son, James III. Yes. Um, and the dowry would be worth 60,000 florins because women, as we know, um, are very expensive. So you must. Yeah. They're so useless. They're worth as much as the islands of Shetland and Orkney just to get one out of your house. So, yes, instead of the dowry, yes, you can take over this, but I'm getting into a horribly sexist miasma of my own No, no, creation. well, you weren't. I mean, you were, that's the point. I don't think your intent was sexist. You were instead... <laughs> I was using dramatic irony, hoping that the audience knew me better. There we go. That's, yeah. that's the phrase. Excellent. Mm. Anyway, so basically what's happened is, yeah, like, so mm. he's got to pay the Christian one. He's got to pay the dowry, but he's not got it. So he's gone, all right, I tell you what, we'll put... Orkney and that in, in cash converters mm-hmm. and we use that instead and then like Scotland's like <laughs> I am cash converters I will take your thing yeah or something or nothing yeah. and then I'll have it it is although they, that's right. there is a movement in Norway still to huh? repay the 60,000 florins and get the islands back is there really mm. what's 60,000 florins worth I don't think nobody knows that's one of the problems is no one knows what it's worth and also the Scottish have said they're not interested in having the money and the Norwegian foreign office have said they're not interested in paying it but there is a small movement of Norwegian people who are desperate to get Orkney and Shetland back although the um, a spokesman for Orkney said the prospect of paying eight pounds a pint would put most Orcadians off I really like the idea that uh, they're negotiating on Florence without any concept of what their value is. So it's like, I feel like it's not worth more than 40,000 Florence. <laughs> no, we should just pay this. Are you kidding? 
Yeah, go on. <laughs> oh, there is a big argument. The people of Shetland apparently still resent the fact that they were only worth 8,000 florins to Orkney's 50,000. Oh. Mm. Oh, really? You're worth four, five times as much, six times as much as this, are you? I see. They'll have to have a fight. Yeah. Well, florins were called two bob bits. Were they? In the UK. This is another of your lists. No, no, I'm not making this up. (laughs) (laughs) And and they were issued from 1849 till 1967, and they were worth a tenth of a pound. Oh. So £6,000. They could probably come up with six grand. 1472. So currently the Norwegians would have to find £4,114,767.60 to buy it back. Where are you going to find that kind of money? You know what no I mean? No one's like, got that kind of money. It's, it's no one, one of those insane, like, no one. How could you, yeah. you know? No one. Now, at the time, you could buy 7,894 horses with it. Now you're talking. Or 15,000 cows. Yeah. yeah. Until you said cows, I was going to say, that's a lot of lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope they, I mean, they probably, the, the Scottish will probably want to sell it off soon anyway, if they're stuck in. Yes. If, could they get, no, they couldn't even get back in the EU. Sorry, Orkney and Shetland, you are stuck with us. Margaret, though, by all accounts, was uh, pretty rad. She was pretty cool. Everyone really liked her. She liked uh, clothes and jewellery. Not her dad. Not her... Her dad dad paid £50,000 to get her out of the house. Well, which in those days was more like £4 mate. (laughs) Uh, She she may have taught her son James to speak Danish. Ooh. Well, I would have thought so, wouldn't you? You hope so, yeah. It's like what she spoke. Did she speak to her child at all? Not much. I wouldn't have thought so. They are royal was beautiful, gentle and sensible and historians have surmised that she was far better qualified to rule than her spouse. Twas it not twever <laughs> twa thus. But she was less used than 15,000 cows. Yeah. Of course she was of better than us. Sp- they always are. <laughs> that applies to me and Nat now. Yes, right now. Why are we doing the podcast? Oh, I don't know. They do it much better. Just pure ego. Tis. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to Alexei Kosygin, who is the leader of the USSR. You probably forgot was leader of the USSR. He was head of the USSR from 1964 to 1980, but was overshadowed by General Secretary of the Communist Party, Leonid Brezhnev, who most people think of as being leader at the time. Uh, Happy birthday to Leonora Annenberg. She was the first and only Chief of Protocol of the United States uh, in the early 1980s to President Ronald Reagan. But she she had to resign from her post when she curtsied to Prince Charles. And that angered a lot of people in America who said, we didn't throw off the yoke of British kings so you could go and curtsying to Prince Charles. So she retired and that was the end of what she did, really. Uh, happy birthday to Patty Hearst. She was kidnapped at 19 by the Symbionese Liberation Army. Uh, was kidnapped. Uh, who They demanded $70 worth of food for every underprivileged person in California, which would have cost $400 million for her parents to provide. Instead, her parents gave $2 million to the poor of the Bay Area. Um, she joined the Symbionese Liberation Army, although she later claimed she was forced to join, but she did take part in bank robberies, abductions, and uh, many other crimes for which she was later convicted nice that's patty hurst heiress to the william randolph hurst fortune uh, kidnapped and then terrorist i mean whether willingly or not we'll never know but well, we could ask her she's still alive at least it's a life lived isn't it <laughs> <laughs> what have i done podcasts <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, mate, don't say that. You know, we were in the top 30 at one point. <laughs> That's all long gone. But at one point. Yeah, <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, yeah briefly. Uh, let's do the death days. They're more cheery this time. Happy death day to Tancred, king of Sicily, who was so short and ugly he was known as the Monkey King. <laughs> Happy death day to Percy Granger, the early 20th century folk music reviver who also obviously turned out to be a Nazi. Um, because everyone who's involved in folk music or conservation in the early 20th century turns out to be a Nazi. Yeah, I've got something that ties in with that. Oh, really? <laughs> turning into a running gag. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always... It's like the... A few years ago when Eurovision was on, there was a Ukrainian folk band playing in the interval. And I really liked the song, but I didn't understand the lyrics. And I had to check before I went online and enthused about it, because yeah. I reckon there was probably a 60% chance that they were horribly racist lyrics. Because yeah. folk music is generally, or much as I like it and admire a lot of it, a haven for a lot of people who have a lot of quite odd views about what sort of people should and shouldn't be allowed to live where. Do you anyway, like... That's just- English folk music. English yeah? folk music. Do you like? I remember I was first led to it by a saw a band, a new folk band who had released a song called "Rising Tide." And the more you listen to it, the more it became clear the oh. tide that was riding rising was the tide of immigrants rising against the shores of Great Britain. I went, oh, there is that. What so- colour are the cliffs of Dover at? <laughs> Thank you. Well, they're green at the bottom because of the algae. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, well, yeah. Don't go to the. All right, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just off to my Morris dancing group um, Happy death day to Sarah Kane She was a fun playwright who uh, died in 1999 She wrote Blasted and 448 uh, Psychosis um, Yes, and she committed suicide in King Charles Hospital in London in 1999 But she was good, we would like to have more plays for her But she didn't think so Let's jump back in time. Mm. Let's do a harp Let's go back mm. to the 20th of February 1909. Oh, yes. And the respected French journal Le Figaro mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> publishes a manifesto. Oh. It's the Futurist Manifesto. Oh. And it's uh, pretty rad. It says, uh, in this period in which industry is of growing importance in all Europe, Mm -hmm. futurists need to confirm that Italy is present, has an industry, has the power to take part in the new experience and will find the superior essence of progress in its major symbols like the car Mm. and its speed. So far, so Clarkson. Then it goes on to say poetry will help man to consent his soul to be part of all that. Not quite so. I wonder what Clarkson thinks good poetry is. What poetry it's, does he read It's more himself? James May. Yeah. That. yeah, 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 yeah. There was a young actually, girl from Don't Care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> actually, it's some poetry I've written, so uh, yeah. do you mind if I read it to everyone for a bit now? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the poetry will indicate a new concept of beauty that will refer to the human instinct of aggression. Ooh. Aggressive poetry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting poetry. And then uh, in Article 9, war is defined as a necessity for the health of human spirits. Oh, it is. It is, Jake. It really is. And it starts to glorify war and its hygienic properties and influences the ideology of fascism. <laughs> so, 
Just just so I'm that clear, the hygienic properties of war are the killing of people. The leaving of so you don't have so decomposing many decomposing bodies yeah. all over muddy fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very yeah, clean. Yeah, that's the hygienic aspect. Article yeah. ten simply says. Uh, Right, we want to demolish museums and libraries, fight morality, feminism and all opportunist and utilitarian cowardice. Back to Clarkson, to be fair. Mm. So, and, and to be fair, the poetry was fighting poetry to promote war. So I mean, if there's any poetry he likes, it's probably that one. If anything would provoke aggression in me, it would be someone reading poetry to me. So, <laughs> Reading James May's poetry to you. <laughs> Forgive me for eating the plums in the glove box. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that happened in 1909 and, and sort of actually quietly kicked off the whole fascist movement. Oh, which I lovely. think you'll agree is pretty important and something I should get loads of votes for. Hmm. Yeah, that does sound pretty important. I mean, one might only oh, suggest that something go. more important than the mm-hmm. theoretical beginnings of the fascist movement is the secret meeting that took place to make sure that actual fascists took power in Germany in 1933, when on the 20th of February, Hitler met with all of the big German industrialists, 25 of them in a room together, in a meeting to get them to try and elect him. Uh, The meeting started with a short speech by Goering, and then Hitler spoke for a brief hour and a half about how... (laughs) But in those days, it just flew by. Yeah, about how um, he approved of private property and only the Nazis could stop communism. And in fact, if you were to keep democracy, democracy would inevitably lead to communism and the end of all private property. As he said, private enterprise cannot be maintained in the age of democracy, so he needed complete control. So not only did he want their support to win an election, he then wanted to use that support to abolish elections straight after it. Because in February 1903, there was an election coming up. They hadn't yet had the Reichstag fires. They hadn't yet been able to outlaw the Communist Party yet. Um, And in November 1932, their vote had gone down. So he decided to collect all these industrials together and see if they could get any money out of them. And the industrials were so appalled by all these ideas that they gave him two million Reichsmarks between them, which is the equivalent of eight million euros in 2009. Or half an Orkney. Uh, (laughs) There were 20 to 25 industrialists there. Between them, there were the board members of IG Farben. Oh, yeah. Which, um, great, great brand, great brand, great brand. Yeah, attacked as a uh, haven of Jewish liberalism in the 1920s. Uh, but in the 1930s, they decided to get rid of all of their Jewish employees and make things for the German state, including Cyclone B. Um, others there, I mean, if we could, it's sort of shooting fish in a barrel to go down the list of industrialists who were there and then pointing out the products you have in your house that came from people who were there at the meeting. But let's do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, who, who, who made the barrels and who bred the fish? Uh, Siemens were there. All oh, right. Was there Se- the sure, Siemens sure. bred yeah, the fish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Siemens were there. Uh, they, of course, produce much of the UK's offshore power. They make all of the um, offshore wind power <laughs> on the northeastern coast of England. So every time you drive past that, you can think about that. They make telecoms equipment. They also make medical diagnostic equipment if you have had um, a cat scan or an mri done in the last few years it's probably made by those people who gave all that money to the nazis at the secret meeting uh not not just to the nazis personally to hitler hmm. actually personally to him they had sort of write wrote a check and gave it to hitler yes um not that i'm saying that we're all complicit in this but you know we are or at least they are that's that's my I, I just for the 20th february it's just a really good phone for conference calls <laughs> i mean you don't even have to phone nine to get an outside line you just sort of yeah hang on no yeah, it's got just... the, the the speaker on it is really good alan how do we get the outside line oh, it's not even anyway uh, i think i should win 
Okay, fine. Wow, sudden aggressive. Brilliant. That's poetry, that is. I'm, I'm drawing a line under that. Let's leave it there. We will be back with more futurist chat yes. uh, tomorrow. Let's uh, hope Can we say no, no fascists tomorrow? Uh, let's uh, not promise that. Yes. No, I no, I can promise that. Ooh, okay. No fascists oh, tomorrow. There. Okay. Done my own work. I, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, you can go online and you can vote for Not Next. Yes, you can. <laughs> uh, if you go to Twitter, it's at date underscore fight. And at Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash date fight. Yeah. I'm going to go and bait myself unconscious with a couple of bottles of whiskey. And I'm going to help. <laughs> oh, and do a Patreon. Why don't you all give us some money on Patreon? Oh, yeah. Then, uh, give us some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us some money, yeah, please. Give us some money, please. Thank you very much to everyone who is actually giving us money. Wow. <laughs> they are. Some of you are. That's know. brilliant of you. That's unexpected and brilliant. It really is really wonderful because uh, we want to keep making this. And honestly, we're only yes, going to be to. able to if we can tell the significant people in our life that mm. it has a point. Yes. So, thank you. And thank we'll you so see much. you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye.